Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. You can call me Baz. Um, it's been a while, so this is going to be season two of Call Me Crazy, and it's still a work in progress, but if you're here, you're a real one. Um, I had to take some time off. Um, I think everyone probably needed that time off, and a lot has happened since in mm-hmm. the world. Um, hopefully, this could be just like a little escape or a place where you guys can find some healing or some comfort in knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like January has just been so dark and it literally feels like it's been forever. So long. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever. But anyways, I'm not going to ramble too much. Um, we have a special guest here. Her name's Tatiana. Um, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background. I creeped your website. I was like, let me just educate myself uh-huh. first. So sweet. Yeah. Um, and then you can add whatever you want. But um, Tatiana is a certified women's wellness practitioner. Um, you focus on holistic wellness strategies, not just for women, but for men as well, I mm-hmm. saw, which I think is really dope. Um, and you host, um, I guess, events called Sacred Circle, mm-hmm. um, which covers different wellness topics to full healing and soul alignment. Um, you're also a blogger for one of my favorite companies, um, Cali X Wellness. Um, and I know there's probably so much more to you. You probably have so many layers. So <laughs> add whatever you want. But that's just a little bit of background from what I read. Uh, yeah. So my background is in holistic wellness. You did such a good job at introducing me. You kind of like really uh, tapped on I the, everything. Your research is pretty thorough. So that's um, that's dope. Um, yeah. So with that being said, the only thing that I would really add is that um, I post a lot of my writing to my uh, Tatiana Newland mm-hmm. uh, dot page. I'll add that. Yeah, that's that's my website uh, where I just do a lot of my written work. It has my portfolio, which mm-hmm. has like my client projects that I do. Mm-hmm. So I do writing for clients and then um, I do personal writing. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that's just like all of the stuff that I feel um, is personally important to really communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be anything from my self-love to self-lust breakdown Mm -hmm. to crystal healing techniques, Mm -hmm. anything that somebody has really communicated to me that they've wanted to be educated Mm on. And I've said, okay, you know, this is, this is an interesting topic. I am working on building out my personal page because I do get caught up in my work Mm -hmm. writing like so easily, you know, like work, it it takes a lot of time, but Mm -hmm. I do want to bring a little bit more of that personal um, aspect to the table. So there is stuff there, but I'm excited to write so much more. No, you've definitely done a good job of like translating yourself to at least through Instagram. Cause the way I like heard about you was through my best friend and he's Mm -hmm. like, you'll be like, you need to follow this girl. Like, I feel like you guys have similar vibes. You talk about similar things. And I was on your page. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I feel, I feel your energy through it. So like, you're doing the right thing. Oh, You're doing thank you. Yeah. Just a little bit more of that. Yeah. Just more of yeah. more of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, just keep doing it. It's it's dope. So you guys, I will add her IG and your um your website on the on description. description. Yes, I'm excited. Um honestly, the first time we spoke, there was just so many questions I had because you do you a do. lot. You, no, don't worry. We'll get into it. But there's just so much that you cover that I think is so important to, in terms of like holistic wellness, which is everything I stand for, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to spirituality as well. Um, and you went to a school. I forget the name of the yeah, school. Yeah. So uh, this summer I attended a condensed like 
it was like an express holistic wellness program. Mm -hmm. Queen of Fua, she's an OG. She actually created a university, a Mm -hmm. natural wellness university that um, is based on the sacred woman text. Mm -hmm. The sacred woman text goes through 12 gateways, just basically breaking down uh, holistic strategies um, from womb to relationships, to Mm -hmm. foods, to our personal space. And so that was a program that allowed my knowledge to come really full circle. I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful to the person that um, actually introduced me to that because there was a lot of gaps in my knowledge Mm -hmm. and there was a passion but there was there was a lot of things I didn't know where I'm at right and now. it's not to say that I have all the answers I never say that like mm-hmm. I always you know I have so much to learn and mm-hmm. so much to remember there's things that I've studied that I you know even have forgotten but yeah. with that um that knowledge has really given me a full understanding of the meaning behind crystals their origin mm-hmm. uh, where these like traditions come mm. from so that I had a more deeper level understanding of its purpose. I love that. On humanity and things like that. I love like that. that so. And you also said something to me, which personally, it was just more of a fangirl moment, but it's like a sisterhood and a lot of uh, famous um, women of color have studied yeah. this. So Erica Badu, yeah. uh, there's Jada Pickett-Smith, who I don't know if she graduated from the program, but she definitely has the text and makes a lot of tributes on mm-hmm. her personal page to Queen Afua. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren London graduated from the program. Mm. Who else? I think you said Summer Willow's, Walker and yeah. Willow Smith. Yeah, yeah. I think these are Willow all women Smith. I connect to. So you just saying that, I was like, okay, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they're they are really like all over it, and so the community is so dope. Like I love those that. women are so so powerful, mm-hmm. but so focused on the mission mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just elevating the vibration of the woman. Mm-hmm. But for me, I wanted to take that to another level because mm-hmm. the women do, uh, they are a gateway to, um, you know, elevating the vibration of the people because we do give life, we mm-hmm. give permission, we mm-hmm. give way to a lot of things, but um, without the men, we are nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to get too much into this like feminist space because mm-hmm. it's so important to address that we need the man. Yeah. And so I'm trying to really, you know, bring that full circle so that we yeah. realize how important it is because I feel like a lot of these topics are uh, maybe confused for being like demasculating sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, men might do like pay attention to wellness in private, but mm-hmm. they're not as vocal about yeah. it. Whereas the women take so much pride and passion. I want to kind of change that approach. I, wellness for the people percent agree yeah um one of our next guests um is a group of guys that are on a similar mission but i think wow. women allowing that or even welcoming men because they kind of feel like yo you guys are the problem we're like this so i think just acknowledging that no we want you to be part of the healing process is so mm-hmm. empowering um and even just looking at the human i guess spirit as uh, masculine and feminine energy is a lot healthy like i've kind of I've come to realize like I'm both like I have a feminine and a masculine energy and diff- and everyone's built differently. Gender is very much a construct. So when we kind of look at it like that, when it comes to energy healing, like that's when I started to realize it's not necessarily just about gender. It's just everyone has both come that come together and mm-hmm. just understanding both and really yeah. helping each other get to that point of balance. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's dope. I I'm really it. fascinated by your knowledge when it comes to uh, the energy healing. We'll get more into that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Off the clock. Girls but are right. No, for sure. I, I, a lot. I think that that's an area for me that is mm-hmm. like potentially a gap. I want to learn a little bit more about energy healing. That's um 
I know a lot about like the vibration and what foods mm-hmm. can contribute to elevating and, mm-hmm. you know, lowering our vibration, but how mm-hmm. um, energy healers really contribute to that. I have a vague idea, but I'd love to kind of, you know, hear about your I'll personal you, experience. I'll give you my experiences. I definitely want to get more into it. Um, and I'll even connect you with the right people and something that I want on this podcast, but I know a lot of people can see it as like mental health is one thing, but then when you add spirituality, people are like, okay, well, we'll relax. Like mm-hmm. that's so taboo. But um, it's so important when it comes to holistic health because it's yeah. like it's that tri like trifecta of like body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Um, and you can't ignore it because it's so evidently there mm-hmm. that um, I always bring it up, and sometimes I forget everyone's at a different place in their journey. So I try and word it maybe in a way that's not as intimidating. Like sometimes practitioners will say soul instead of spirit because it'll be yeah. a little bit yeah. less offensive or a little bit easier for people. To or, or I'll or say process. universe instead of God, you know, like there's just different language and it all means the same thing to me, but everyone's in a different place in their journey. Um, and it's just making people comfortable at where they are. But realistically we're all experiencing very similar things um the way we choose to express it is different but we have that commonality and I think that's kind of what I've learned through the energy healing part too yeah like it's so intuitive you're just like wow I'll we'll talk don't worry yeah I have so much I've learned in the last couple of months actually so um that was great like we could literally do a podcast just talking about whatever but we'll try and stay on on topic um so today, so I was talking to Tatiana and I was like, hey, like, what topic do you want to do? Because you have so much knowledge on so much, on so much. And there's obviously like areas of interest. Um, and you brought up healing the inner child. And mm-hmm. this is by far one of my favorite topics. Um, if I hopefully get into my master's, it's the area that I would focus my master's on. Wow. Be- yeah, like it's that important to me. Like everything I do is just always goes back to like your inner child, childhood trauma, um, just everything that has to do with that, I think is just the foundation of the person, you know? So yeah. it's so important to start at step one before we can even go and talk about everything else. Mm-hmm. So this is a great like first step, like brand new year starting from the get. Um, so we have some definitions but I don't know if you have your own definition. I can read the definition I got. Mm-hmm. Um, so the definition I got was off of psychology today. Um, let me see. So an inner child basically is more of this psychological term that describes destructive behavior that takes various forms from subtle and self-defeating patterns to passive hostility to severe self-destructive systems and violent aggression. So it was coined by Eric Bernay, Dr. Alice Miller, and John Bradshaw. Um, So like most mental disorders and destructive behavior patterns as Freud. So many of you, if you've went to university or even grade 12, I feel like Freud, he does a lot of like childhood trauma, sexual beliefs, all that and blockages. Um, So it's your first intimate or less related to this part of ourselves. So I guess what that, like the way I kind of understand the, the idea of inner child is just our blueprint, like what we internalize from childhood as what the world is like, what the rules of the world are like, what our role in the world is like, and how we should operate in the world. And 
how we kind of fit in that world and internalize beliefs about ourselves because of the earliest relationships we have in our lives, which are usually our caregivers, not necessarily like our biological parents. It could be anything. Um, but those primitive years, we are creating this blueprint, this wiring, this software, and that child is now internalizing this. And when we grow up, a lot of these beliefs don't necessarily go away. And that's when it becomes um, necessary to heal because it's self-defeating or it can be problematic to our evolution. You can add on whatever you want to that definition. I feel like I might have missed some stuff. I think that, yeah, you addressed a lot of um, the things that also like a wounded inner child can cause. Mm -hmm. Because I think that when people describe inner child, it's very common Mm -hmm. for them to explain like how destructive Mm -hmm. the inner child can be and like how many problems it can Mm -hmm. cause to our lives. But there's also the healed inner child Mm -hmm. that is like so, so positive. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that I wanted to really add to your definition was that the inner child is um, the most vulnerable and innocent part of us. It's Mm. where we feel the most. It's Mm. our deep feeling and sensitivity. Mm. It's our curious, creative, and playful self. It's the part of us that craves love, recognition, and validation, Mm. desires connection and safety. And the inner child, the way that it's developed, Mm -hmm. uh, determines how we interpret connection and safety. How we interpret... Um, abandonment, how we interpret uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. and how comfortable we are with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think that it's very important to separate the healed and wounded inner mm-hmm. child in order to build full circle understanding. Mm-hmm. Because I think that like the inner child, we kind of really, what is the word that I'm looking for? We make it seem there's a negative connotation mm-hmm. associated with um, the inner child That's when true. also like the inner child is so great for so many other reasons mm-hmm. because it brings out the youthful side of us mm-hmm. that should never expire or never that ever purity leave us. inside of us. Yeah, yeah the pure it. innocence that yeah. we all have as people, the, the way in which mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't respond to our text, the way that we get hurt mm-hmm. and we're like, you didn't answer me. Yeah. That inner child, it's that part too, mm-hmm. but it's also the part that like when our ego is like, Mm-hmm. completely defeated it's the part of us that also says like mm-hmm. I can't be defeated you can't speak to me like that mm-hmm. you can't handle me like that mm-hmm. and so a wounded inner child will like have these destructive and maybe mm-hmm. verbally abusive or like mm-hmm. really bad behaviors in order to defend that inner child and yeah. so here's yeah so that's the only thing that I would add is that inner childs could be positive too and, yeah. and also negative and there's a healed and wounded inner mm-hmm. child but it's important to separate the, the two because I think that the inner child is so beautiful it's so beautiful it's so <laughs> interesting because see I'm gonna bring it back to spirituality but I went to um on my birthday, I did a energy healing session because I wanted to bring in the year fresh. And she asked me, like, what does your goddess look like? And the first thing that came to mind was me when I was, like, maybe, like, four or five, like, dancing, like, wow. like just dancing. I don't know what where I was, but I was just dancing and floating. And it was just that blissfulness that a child has before they realize, like, what the world really is like. That and just feeling so fearless and so joyful, like it's such a beautiful thing to really mm-hmm. hold on to that. I think it's powerful. So sometimes I do call on that inner child for her strength and her, not necessarily ignorance, but for her, like, just, 
I guess, bliss, yeah, that blissful joy of feeling like I'm fearless. Like I can do anything. I can be that kid again. I can whenever yeah, I want. Yeah. I can go back to yeah. her and be her and yeah. refer and connect with her. Yeah, exactly. So um, I very much think it is a positive thing at time. Like some of my favorite qualities are my childlike qualities of oh, just by being far. silly and you know just that's laughing. my favorite yeah, place to be in. So, silly, like in my child. So good. It yeah. feels good. Um, it feels. It almost feels like home. Like it's like a very natural feeling. Um, and so you explained a lot of really clear examples and just in case people aren't sure, um, what are example or common examples you would say of someone who has like a, um, a wounded inner child or that we might see day to day, just so people can identify a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of so, some off top too. Yeah. So I, I know I touched on it a little bit. Somebody who is extremely, uh, self-defensive, mm-hmm. egotistical, mm-hmm. Um, has a lot of fears of abandonment, loss of yeah. love, extremely insecure. Yeah. Uh, somebody who has maybe a low self-esteem, constantly mm-hmm. puts themselves down. Yeah. Uh, somebody who seeks instant gratification through substances, shopping, mm-hmm. uh, distracting themselves, often um, like procrastinates. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who also has a fear of setting boundaries and saying no. I really like this point because... I think that that point to me really stands out. I, I'm not scared to admit that my like my inner child is wounded. And I'm constantly like this healing journey is constant. It never ends. Mm-hmm. And when people like when people are trying to understand what healing is about, it's mm-hmm. really just tuning in, doing a scan of the body and understanding mm-hmm. the gaps and voids we can improve on in order to live a happier and more fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when doing that scan, I'm very aware that I have crazy abandonment issues, mm-hmm. uh, loss of love issues, loss, grief, and abandonment are my big, my inner child is fully screaming That's when there's like any, any forms of abandonment on small and abandonment large levels. Abandonment and rejection are like... I can't handle it at all. I, I, be, I don't know. I literally feel... I become a child. Like I don't know how to process yeah, it at all. I'm actively working on being more Same. consciously aware that my inner child is just, you know, who it is mm-hmm. and that if this is an abandonment mm-hmm. situation and I don't need to like, you know, sit in that emotional place. Mm-hmm. I need to like feel that emotion, but also fully understand mm-hmm. that like, even though you're being abandoned, it's not the end of the world. The mm-hmm. world still spins yeah. even if you know, mm-hmm. somebody is leaving or exiting or, yeah. you know, and now you not have the skill sets and the ability to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need that person anymore. Where maybe when you were a child, you might've needed them. Exactly. And I think Fake that's needs. The, yeah, it, that's the thing that, um, that it can be confusing. Cause when you were a child, you might've been abandoned and it might've been from a caregiver or someone that you actually needed that protection from. So now when people leave, you think that you're going to feel that type of survival. Like, oh, now I'm like surviving again. And um, a lot of those feelings come back. Yeah, it like, just goes up Yeah, down, it's up very real. And it feels like it, you don't realize it till you start like, oh, okay, like this is why this is what making me feel like this. Yeah. Um, you said something and I wanted to add to it, but I don't remember. It's okay, we'll keep going. Um, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of people, I think everyone, to be honest, that's experienced any form of like early, like it ties to attachment styles, which you learn in psychology. It's very much, they're very yeah. similar. Um, so there's anxiously attached, there's 
avoidantly attached. Mm -hmm. There's, um, I think, ambivalently attached and securely attached. So the main ones are basically secure or or anxious. Anxious, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think in the population, majority of people should be securely attached, but I think it's like 60-40, something like that. Um, And then those that are the 40, it's they didn't have consistent, um, I guess, guidance, love, protection, um, reinforcement in their childhood. Therefore, they developed survival instincts of the world and to survive. And a lot of these things are shown in later on in our relationships. And I think that's where people tend to see, like, they'll think they're good and then they hit, like, their first love and they're like, whoa, like, why am I acting so childish? Like, I, that's how I realized. I was like, well, why am I acting so immature? Like, I'm literally watching myself be yeah. a little kid right now. And it's I so crazy. I will, like, catch myself, like, literally in, like, pre-panic mode mm-hmm. and I stop myself. I'm like, yeah. okay, no, no, no this is about to go down. Yeah. I'm going to like, I feel panicked or mm-hmm. I like, especially when I'm angry, mm-hmm. it's almost like, it's not like a tantrum, but it's a tantrum. Like yeah. it's an inner tantrum yeah. that I'm controlling on the outside, but it's an Very inner much. tantrum. Yeah. And like, you know, the inner child doesn't even have the ability to control that. Yeah. Very and much so, so it's only through awareness mm-hmm. that we can control that yeah. out of control inner child, because that's the thing with children. They act in just pure, mm-hmm. like, genuine emotion uncalculated but that makes them beautiful yeah which Mm -hmm. I think is it's so beautiful and it's not it's no one to blame in this because like you were a child Mm -hmm. it your only responsibility now is to identify it and just actively work on it I think like you can't blame yourself and also something that I read you can't even blame your caregiver at the time they might have been dealing with their own inner child yeah. needs. Like they might have been growing up with you. Like as I'm looking now and I'm stepping back, I'm like, wow, my mom was growing up with me. Like she had me at my age. Like I'm wow. a whole child. Like there's no way that I could. I'm not. I'm not fully healed yet. So she was probably still on her journey. You know what I mean? And yeah, mom um, had me at 21. So yeah, like, you know. So they they're growing with us. So a lot of those patterns. Um, and a lot of their healing process is happening while you're with them. So it's not their fault either. So really like understanding no one's at fault is just really being able to break that cycle mm-hmm. and being aware because they might not have been aware either. They were just they trying their best with awareness. what they knew. Yeah. yeah. So let me see what else we got. The inner child that's healed mm-hmm. is, I would definitely say, um, somebody who's in control can respect Mm -hmm. their boundaries, practices Mm -hmm. a lot of self-love and Mm self-care in order to fill those gaps. They are consistently in a place of awareness Mm -hmm. um, and not distraught, not in a place of neglect, of questioning, feeling abandoned, but somebody who feels fulfilled in their own solitude, Mm -hmm. who doesn't doesn't crave um, company or attention in order Mm -hmm. to feel happy or at peace but somebody Mm -hmm. who is comfortable in their own space Mm. and so you see a lot of things online about you know self-love self-care this and that but what that looks like is that the the inner part of us that's our complete emotional self Mm. are demanding um you know purely um genuine and innocent self that just wants connection that feels connected in solitude Mm. that feels safe even in moments where there's maybe small cases of abandonment, 
an unwavering balance yes. child. Ooh. So yeah. I love that. Um, how, the, the question is, how do you connect to the inner child and how do you get to that place when you're wounded and you've identified, okay, I am a wounded, I have a wounded inner child. How do you connect and become healed? Mm-hmm. That's really where the question lies. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lack of clarity in how we can really approach that because people are like, okay, self-love, what does that look like? What does self-lust look like? Mm -hmm. What is self-love? And this ties Mm -hmm. into another post that I actually wrote that breaks down what self-love looks like and um, Mm self-lust. You can let look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful and have Mm -hmm. all these affirmations and feel empowered. But a true lover loves all the gaps and flaws and also understands Mm -hmm. and builds and helps Mm -hmm. one grow. And so if you look at the ideal partner that you would say, hey, this person is able to help me grow because they can identify my gaps and help me close them, we can offer that same partner to ourselves and to our Mm -hmm. child. And so- it's about holding your inner child's hand and walking in a place of awareness in order mm-hmm. to um, get to a place yeah. where you are healed mm-hmm. or whether or not that you think that you need healing. I think that we can all improve the way that our inner child functions. I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, yo, I'm healed. I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's just really improving the way that we are emotionally reacting to things mm-hmm. at a very surface level. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, and what you said about holding your inner child's hand, I think there's there's definitely like, I have a love-hate relationship for social media at the moment, but there's a post that I keep seeing. It's like, be that person that you needed when you were a child. And sometimes I do that. Like I sometimes feel like I'm talking it's going to make me sound crazy, um, but I'll literally have to talk to myself as if I'm the parent mm-hmm. um, and what I needed to hear at that time. Like, you're safe. Like, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. All these things um, that I would have needed. Like, no, like, you're good. Like, the world still loves you. Like, all these things that I need to hear. Because really and truly, those are beliefs that I have so deeply ingrained. Um, and in and this kind of ties to how to heal it. Um, there's different things that I've done. Um, anything from just, I think step one is just acknowledging that, um, when you are stepping into that inner child role and when you are feeling like you are triggered, um, usually when you are triggered it is from trauma and often it's tied to, um, I guess a deconstructive belief about yourself or the world. So when you go to therapy, a lot of the times they're addressing those root beliefs and just getting to the actual core belief or destructive belief is really helpful. And I've been doing that in therapy and they'll, there's different things you can do like thought records. Um, often it's in cognitive behavioral therapy and it's just restructuring and rewiring that type of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great way um, if you're interested in doing that. Um, there's a book called Mind Over Mood. I would highly recommend it's basically the worksheets that they're going to give you at therapy. I always recommend doing therapy because you sometimes need a neutral source to kind of push you and guide you. Because sometimes I'll be like, I don't know, everyone's going to leave me anyways. And she'll be like, so list reasons why they wouldn't. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I literally don't believe any other reason. And she'll start listing things she knows about me. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, true. That's true. And then like, you know, it like forces them, it forces you to step outside of yourself. And because they're coming from a neutral place, you don't necessarily feel like they have a motive. Like, it's like, no, you just love me. You're just saying that. 
So that's been helpful. I think journaling also has been super like writing. You probably, can. I, I want to go into that journaling topic yeah. a little bit deeper. Cause I feel like for me, I, I don't want to say I'm, I've mastered journaling, mm-hmm. but that particular outlet for me mm-hmm. has been so, so effective. And so I really like to, I pride myself on um, how writing has allowed me mm. to really, you know, face those things head on. Um, I have friends that have like gone through uh, personal things and they've mentioned to me, like, when you write, what do you write? Like, what are you getting on that paper? Mm-hmm. And I like to, inc- it, it's really anything and everything, but to be more specific in order to, you know, bring clarity to what journaling is. It's writing down mm-hmm. those emotions, mm-hmm. why you're feeling them, mm-hmm. what it reminds you of, mm-hmm. what you think, why are you feeling them, mm-hmm. and building an understanding, feeling out your emotions fully. But when it's written on that paper, it gives you the opportunity to release to somebody that is yourself, mm-hmm. which is your safe place. When you release your emotions to somebody else, we breach our right to get mm-hmm. control. Mm. so with that when you are releasing and you're not you know getting control or fully understanding we can often point fingers in people's Mm -hmm. faces and blame them for things that are related to our own inner traumas and even if you're writing on their sheet on the sheet this is their fault because this that and Mm -hmm. the third you can write that down but Mm -hmm. it's important to do a full reflection and body Mm -hmm. scan to fully understand Mm -hmm. you know this person made me feel this, but is that truly the way that they want to make me feel? Mm-hmm. Why did they make me feel that? It challenges you to just kind of, you know, dig a little deeper. Cause when you're writing it, it gives you an opportunity to slow everything down mm-hmm. and release to self. Mm-hmm. And it also allows you to keep record of how you approach things. And I, what I love about my journal is that I can look back at my journaling in yeah. the summer and reference a day that I was feeling certain emotions and I've actually been able to learn how, you know, I've become a little bit more aware over time, how I used to be like, you make me feel this, you are breaking my heart. And now I'm like, I take a lot more responsibility and, um, a little bit more accountability mm, for the way that I feel. The accountability part. Yeah. That's a big thing I feel. Not like. even just for my actions, but I take more ownership for feeling things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, especially because a lot of people don't hurt us on purpose. Most they don't people want, don't. They they're don't. hurting you because they're hurting themselves. I exactly. Think. it. And when you have full understanding yeah. that hurt people, hurt people Oof. and healed people, heal people. It's you and you are in a place where you're journaling and writing that down, it gives you time to kind of slow yourself down and not get so caught up in the emotion. Mm-hmm. So journaling is wicked. If you can mm-hmm. get your place, get yourself into a place where you're, you know, fluidly just releasing everything that is really bothering mm-hmm. you and that's on your heart, it's your safe place. Mm-hmm. It's paper always hears. It'll never interrupt you. <laughs> I love It'll that. never disrespect you and tell you that you're wrong for feeling That's what you're so feeling. True. It'll never mm-hmm. paper just listens. It hears you out mm-hmm. and allows you to just release mm-hmm. and will never, ever question what you're feeling. And so how can we say that that's not an effective method? That's like so it's like 
Yeah, we all we that. often yeah we often get so caught up in like the way that people make us feel and mm-hmm. um, based on what we're feeling and we don't feel like we can feel what we want because somebody else is saying like yeah you did this to yourself or whatever paper's just gonna listen yeah. and let you release that and put it down and so we can approach the new day better because we've already released that mm-hmm. to, to somebody huge mm-hmm. um, I think even just the reflection part alone is so important um and taking accountability those two things reflecting and stepping back and reading over and being like okay what is this really telling me like what am I really feeling yes you might feel angry um like for instance someone didn't text you back yes you might feel angry you might feel disrespected but what is that really saying you feel maybe neglected maybe you feel not heard you know, those are things that really are so deeply not ingrained. For, yeah. yeah, not cared for, not loved, not valued. Like these are so deep. These are deep needs that humans like desire. And I, you are not at fault for feeling that. But why is it coming up so extremely from, a text. from just a text? That's when it's an issue. Um, so, of course, you might feel like, oh, why is this person not responding to me? But when it becomes like a heightened or a dysfunctional or even extreme feeling of anger, then you can kind of be like, why am I so angry? And deconstruct it like that and be like, okay, what what deep need is not being fulfilled? And then you can track it back to your childhood. Um, so I always, you always have to kind of step back and be like, hey, what need is it that I feel like I'm not getting from this person or from this situation? And what is triggering these emotions? Emotions are beautiful. Um, Literally, it's energy in motion. So you kind of have to like really listen to it. It's giving you, it's giving you information. Yeah, yeah, it's giving you information. So you have to tune into it, listen to it. It don't do not suppress it, release it. Because when you are suppressing it, I can tell you they will be heard. But when you don't want it, and ten times louder. Yeah. So I really am a big believer of releasing. And best way is to write it down. I, yeah. I love writing on paper. Like I'll write on my phone sometimes, like if oh, I don't I have, but everywhere. pen and paper. Like any chance, when I don't have a pen and paper, that's obviously the yeah. best. Mm-hmm. But like, I literally, mm-hmm. the way that I have my notes, oh, like my notes are my, I love the notes. It's insane. Like I, the I write down like almost every single thing that I feel. And you know, yeah. my mom was a wicked journaler. Something that my mom passed away about three years mm-hmm. ago. And the one thing that I can say about her mm-hmm. is my mom would wake up in the morning. Mm. She would write how she's feeling when she mm. wakes up. She would journal first thing in the morning and then journal at night That's religiously. Amazing. That's an amazing habit. Like I can open my mom's journal. And if I want to know how she was feeling on July 14th, 2006, I, love I can know exactly if she had money that day, it, what we ate for dinner. I can, she can, I'll know if I did something special at school, if I was on a field trip. It's all recorded and wow. documented. She would approach journaling a little different. Yeah. She, it was more for like keeping record. Mm-hmm. But um, she immortalized so herself almost in so that way. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. So I, I kind of picked up that trait from her where I think I have almost like an assess- obsessive way of just recording, documenting, but in a very innocent way. Like I'm not like, oh, this guy yelled at me. Like mm-hmm. I'm writing it down. It's not like that. But I never a- write like that. I write more in like more about self and where mm-hmm. what I'm feeling where I'm feeling it what does it mean to me I don't know if that's how I want to approach things yeah. and yeah it's, it's and I don't write daily yeah. I do write daily actually for work and stuff but I don't journal mm-hmm. daily yeah yeah I don't I journal when necessary yeah when called to I think yeah. that's definitely how I've been um 
yeah, that's very much how I approach it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I think there was something else I wanted to say. Um, I think also a really good and important thing when it comes to healing, like you could do all the the self-work, um, like the journaling, you can go to therapy, but you really have to allow yourself to be exposed to vulnerable situations because mm-hmm. there's no other way that that inner child will really arise because you've created such a protective bubble in your comfort zone. Of course, it's not going to arise. It feels comfortable. Yeah. So you need to be put in situations where that inner child needs to be called upon um, in relationships. It could be any type of relationship, really. It could be yeah. um, we have friendships out there. Yeah, it mm-hmm. could be per- it could be even work relationships like having hierarchies involved or um, friendships or romantic relationships, like any type of relationship that challenges your vulnerability um, will really bring out issues. Like I'm constantly like, after a relationship or a friendship, I'm like, oh, wow, I did not know that I needed to work on that too. Okay. Add that to the list. Let's get mm-hmm. to it, you know? And so the journey is forever going, but just being aware that you can't do the work alone and in a safe space all the time. You need to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like it's totally okay. Yeah. Uh, what are some ways that you connect to your inner child? Ooh, in what way? What do you mean by that? Uh like for me, I've actually, so when I was actually uh, studying mm-hmm. the whole sacred woman text, mm-hmm. uh, going through that program, we talked a lot about connecting to that inner child and mm-hmm. what are some strategies and kind of old school traditions mm-hmm. and ways that we can um, bring, approach it and bring, oh, yes. bring that inner child out. Yes, yes. There was one, we were just talking about it. So I call it play. Um, and Tatiana's like, what do you mean by play? Yeah. And I forget that that's <laughs> just like me, like... I have my own little world, my lingo, but play to me is, and I think I heard it. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm going to say it was either Miriam has, yeah, that brought it up the term, but she said that our highest vibrational self is brought when our inner child is playing and playing could be anything that brings us that like pure blissful joy that I was describing of my inner goddess. Yeah. Because now you feel free. You're not you're you're working beyond a subconscious level you're working in like your higher self spiritual level like it's this high form of your just pure self so play to me is like getting your friends and playing grounders at 26 years old like to me that would be like the ultimate because you yeah. are full of joy and laughter and love there's, I love games <laughs> I love games like having a game night there's something about like that laughter and la- people say laughter is healing and that's because you're playing you're bringing it really yeah is. you're bringing Can on I get an encore yeah <laughs> and it, it really is and just because I know how that feels I really encourage people play when you're sad play when you feel like you need to heal from something play because you are going to bring medicine into your body that's ways to call on to your inner child and it is super healing yeah. that's really all it wants to do is to really play and be happy and create that's why creatives create because a lot of them are in pain and that's their way of releasing and creating and healing and calling on that inner child so I really think play for me for you yeah what about you uh so for me I started approaching uh my inner child differently play is 100% the like number one way to bring up the inner child now I've been doing more visualization mm-hmm. exercises mm-hmm. in my meditation. Yeah. And I've found that my 
visualization strategies have been so, so effective because mm. in people always think that meditation is only about slowing down the mind and quieting thoughts completely mm. to like basically emptying the brain. Mm. And that's not always the case. We can do visualization mm. meditations. Mm -hmm. And um, with that, I, yeah, the visualization mm. exercise. So to get more specific, um, envisioning my inner child, mm -hmm. envisioning the situations that I, have gone through personally mm -hmm. and really connecting with those in those mm -hmm. moments that I remember, um, like with my parents and things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and kind of connecting to those moments and writing down what I felt when, for example, my dad was leaving our family. Mm -hmm. So connecting to that five-year-old self mm -hmm. and visualizing what that felt like, mm -hmm. confronting it and allowing myself to shift into a place of awareness mm -hmm. and really just challenging myself to confront those things. Mm -hmm. What, like, what would inspire you to do that when you're in a moment where you're feeling crazy abandonment or mm -hmm. lack of love and going back to that inner child and just, you know, really practicing what those moments of abandonment felt like. Mm -hmm programming the mind and rewiring yourself to it's, be able to mm -hmm. uh, reapproach it with a more integrative mm -hmm. adult like mm -hmm. approach mm -hmm. instead of a childhood approach. Yeah. Um, That's so spot asking on questions like, what are you feeling right now? What are you oh, doing right now in yes. the visualization exercise? But it just gives you a place to take a moment, breathe, slow down the mind, mm -hmm. drift into a place where you can um, connect to those moments that are maybe bothering you, mm -hmm. things that have maybe distorted your version of mm -hmm. abandonment, mm -hmm. like, you know, really identifying what those moments look like, connecting to those moments, writing about them mm -hmm. and asking yourself, what do you feel? What do you, what were you thinking? And why does this make your, you know, idea of love distorted, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So for me, it's mainly, I think that the relationships in my family, because there was a lot of yeah. uh, breakups and divorce and stuff like that, that allows me to lose faith in relationships and that yeah. I currently am in. Mm -hmm. Just simply thinking that, you know, that they likely won't last because mm -hmm. I've watched so many people abandon those relationships mm -hmm. that I'm like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you abandon this relationship? Everybody else around me does. I think the same, yeah. I have mm -hmm. a similar belief or the belief of, um, I think I spoke about this on one on an earlier pod, but I was saying I've never seen a healthy relationship. Or I can't, never. I can't think of one. I might, but then when I do, I'm like, no, nah, but I don't really know them like that. So I don't know. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. So I always think like, not the worst, but I have a very pessimistic view when it comes to that. So yeah. I'm very independent. I'm very, very independent. Like, you're going to leave me, but I'm going to be okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need you. But that's almost to the point that, or it could be the opposite sometimes. I'll feel so attached. I feel like, oh my gosh, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Um, so it depends on where I'm at. Um, but then I, I also have learned in, in therapy that two things, because you exist and you know, you're capable of loving someone and not abandoning someone, someone else like that exists. And that That's is, beautiful. and it's so like, I always remind myself that like that exists. And then once you start being open 
to that type of person, then you can welcome them in. Because if you are constantly thinking, this is all there is, this is all I I deserve, that's all the universe is going to really allow you to see, acknowledge, and bring into your space. Yeah. So in the mind. Yeah, it really, really is. Because you're not even seeing those people at that point, if that's all you're thinking. Um, So that's been really helpful obviously still a work in progress, but I totally I like relate that. to you. I totally relate to you with that. Um, mm-hmm. Visualization, I find has been. I do that too. And it also allows you to step out of the, of the child. Like I often visualize the child. I'm like, okay, what is she feeling right now? What did she need? What can I do for her that she needed in that moment? And what can I tell her that this had nothing to do with her and show her like, this is why this person is doing this, you know? Yes. And it's not your responsibility to understand it necessarily or to forgive them in that sense, but know that it had nothing to do with you. And that's really important, I think. Um, yeah. Especially as a kid, because a, a lot of times, I was talking about this, I had therapy yesterday, and my doctor said, a lot of the times I should be angry, I feel guilty. And I feel guilty because I don't feel like I deserve to feel those emotions. And that really is from my childhood. You know what I mean? Um, So people will be doing things that are horrible and I'll feel guilty for being upset. So instead of getting angry, I'll just get sad and feel guilty and not and try and understand them because I so badly just want to understand why are you doing this to me? You know, and then I just feel like, okay, well, I'll just forgive them, which is not fair to me. I'm she's you have to allow yourself to, you know, feel angry. Mm-hmm. and replace those emotions and sometimes we were taught that one emotion isn't allowed so we replaced it with something else and it's not healthy so you have to catch yourself in those yep. moments and that comes with therapy and self-awareness and journaling and all yeah, that you have to be in a place to yeah. you know even approach that with any real you know knowledge or level of acceptance mm-hmm. because you can be so far in your emotions mm-hmm. You can't even see anything else. You can't mm-hmm. even see, like, how this is dam- self-damaging. Mm-hmm. You can't even see, like, why it's even happening. You just see red. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, in those moments, that's okay. And you might have act out, you might have acted out impulsively or un- unconsciously. But then when you kind of come out of it, that's when you can start doing the work. Because yeah. you're not going to be able to do the work while you're on red and you're emotional. Like, yeah. there's no, there's nothing that you can do. It's more about catching yourself after the fact, okay, what can I do next time? Or what? why did I feel like this? And really tackling mm-hmm. it when you're not in an emotional state. Because when you're in an emotional state, it's not, you're not able to, that's yes. why meditation and all that works so well, because you're not working out of an emotional space. Yes. Working from a you're calmness. Slowing. Yeah, yeah, you're slowing it down. Yeah. Slowing. There's actually, on that note of meditation, there's a new meditation um, song that uh, Jeanne Echo came out oh, with, and I, I love know. it so, so much. much. It's, it's, let me say just why it's so effective. There's meditation playlists like out there and yeah. there's a lot of them. Yeah. Another one, another artist that has um, pretty good meditation playlists or songs is Londrell. Oh, I need to check that out. Oh my gosh. Oh. One of my, I think he's maybe my most favorite artist. Oh, okay. Only because me on. he, as an artist, he has music. Yeah. He's so well-rounded. He has music. Yeah. He has books. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of visuals. So his creative art visually mm. and then combined with his um, literacy combined mm. with his like music, it's just all around. And because of like all of those strands, yeah, like yeah, it, his totality. Yeah. It's, there's nobody that maxes out on all realms mm. that I know. There's an artist all like they're singing, but like, yeah. they're not a good author. 
Yeah. Like they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe their photos aren't amazing. He mm. just, he nailed it. I love that. Yeah. Laundrell actually, my Laundrell. cousin actually recommended Laundrell to me at a time that I absolutely needed everything I, that I he was really promoting. And it's, it started an amazing journey for mm-hmm. me because he inspired me to really um, communicate my knowledge to others mm-hmm. because I needed him. And mm-hmm. I was like, the fact that he was there for me, I was like, I'm so inspired I to totally kind of be that person for other people this. because we're scrolling through social media and there's so many people who need a hand just to hold. And mm-hmm. he was that hand for me to hold through mm-hmm. social media. I but um, also I want to go back to Johnny Echo's uh, song. Johnny Echo's song was like when she released that, it's phenomenal because the trigger protection mantra goes into the affirmations that are necessary for the inner child to feel safe and protected. Mm-hmm. She goes through, I mm-hmm. am protected. She mm-hmm. says these things. Sure these is. affirmations are so powerful because if we can shift our mindset mm-hmm. and put ourselves in a place where we feel protected, we're in a place of calm. Mm-hmm. It brings all of those emotions down, mm-hmm. all of those chemicals that are being released that make us feel irate and belligerent, Mm -hmm. they come down and Mm. that you are more relaxed. And so I found that trigger protection mantra. We need a, we need an album. I need an album. We need an album. Johnny, (laughs) we need one. I was listening to her on the way here and I, I can't even really, I don't know how to articulate it properly, but I identify to her the most as current artist, at least. Wow. Um, I feel like she things like as if it was my diary. Like I'm like, all right. So just tell everybody my business. Like you're literally yeah. speaking everything I feel and I resonate with her so much. It's funny. Like my friends would be like, haha, Janae just made a, like a, her music video with none of your concern came out at a perfect time. Even her, like with the, with the stage and everything, yes. they're like, yo, that's you B. And I'm like, I know it's so funny. I identify to her so much because yeah. she incorporates that spirituality and that love wellness. That. I love artists that do that. I do too. I really do mm-hmm. because Music lately has been very triggering for me. That's a whole other topic. But like, um, yeah, I don't know why lyrics and stuff have been bringing on a lot of like things that I'm like angry at the world for. Interesting. Just reinforces a lot of stuff. Um, Okay. So before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add to that topic of inner? I think we touched on connecting, developing. We gave them a lot. Strategies. Yeah. Yeah, We said a lot. Do you have any questions for me? Oh man, I feel like I probably do. Um, you know what? At the moment, no, but if I do, I'm going to add it in the description. Okay. I feel like you really touched on everything from not only just psychological perspective, but spiritual and just from the your own personal experiences. Okay. So thank you for being so open and sharing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank um, you for having me. Of course, girl. Um, and usually before we leave, topics sometimes get heavy so I always want to leave it on a high note yeah um, what's a small joy you've experienced within the last couple of days I know this week's this week's felt super heavy for me mm. I don't know if you're feeling it too I think it's just the world feels yeah. like that right now so what's a little piece of sunshine a little joy a little light that you can add something's I think even Laundrell like that I'm definitely good that's homework yeah. for me tonight I think that's um, a really good one a small joy there's small joys all over the place mm-hmm. But uh, today, super productive and mm-hmm. focused. I've recognized now that I, I'm super excited that I'm far more committed to doing the work that I love mm. whenever I have a free moment. Mm-hmm. And so I've been finding a lot of joy in life itself mm-hmm. because instead of making my drive to work just 
like about listening to music that could be possibly toxic. Mm-hmm. I am listening to a podcast that talks about all the shit that I love. I love. Excuse my language. No, no. Listen. <laughs> um, what podcast? Do you have one that you might? I honestly, I love Super Soul Conversations. Oh, I love Super Soul. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Cannot go wrong. That's a classic. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of people yeah. that I, um, you know, people that I like. Call Me Crazy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley Samarie Radio podcast. She yeah. has another one too that's really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about a lot of things. She approaches religion. She approaches spirituality, mm. healing, music. She talks about a lot of topics. So, um, yeah, Pod those thing. kinds of things. Yeah, and it, it's crazy thing. how that shifts the energy. When you mm-hmm. take those gaps in your day and fill them with things that you absolutely love, Ooh, you're constantly full. You're ready to go yeah. all the time. Because I agree. I'm excited for the drive home because I'm going to be that. like, you know, to my little space to do what I want. Okay. Uninterrupted. Nobody else is in my car. Yeah. Before I have to, you know, pick up the phone and deal with my family or anybody else. It's just me, you know, in my car doing exactly listening to anything that I I really love, love. and so taking small joys in the small things yeah so important it is so important yeah. and that's really it for me other than that january has been a time it's been a ride it's been and like so five months i'm just trying to pick the small joys where i can yeah no 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 for sure um i think for me there's three i've had um my weighted blanket has like literally changed the game i got what? one for christmas you got one yeah my sister got it for me for christmas um because i have horrible sleep patterns especially with wow. my anxiety and it just literally feels like someone's just cuddling you um Make sure to do research, though, because they come in different weights um, based off of your height and, like, body weight. Wow. So you can, like, customize it to yourself. Um, I like it personally just to, like, sit on the couch and have it because a lot of my anxiety um, or when I am feeling anxious, I'll press my chest with, like, a pillow. So now that just gives me that. It's so good. I love it. Um, I want one. Yeah. Are they expensive? They're, like, honestly, I think she got it at Bed Bath & Beyond, but they always have, like, a 20% off coupon nice. or something. So probably get it there. Amazon, I just put a link in my bio for it. I think Amazon was, like, 70 or 60 Wow. I it is an one. investment, but, like, it's so good. I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's, cool it's like a cuddle. One. Like, oh, so good. Um, especially for someone who's a homebody or struggles with sleep. Um, my Yeah, girl, <laughs> trust me. I'm Message me at 4 a.m. I'm probably up. Um Another one is I oft I'm not very much a person. It takes me a lot to get into shows or movies. I don't know why my attention span is just not. Oh, it. I have no attention span. Yeah, no. I'm Here, like, how I never said that I was watching a movie or watching never. a TV show in my free time. I fall asleep. My parents don't take me to movies anymore. No, no, no. I fall asleep. Literally, we're the same. Yeah, oh, we're the exact yeah. same. I cannot, I cannot do it. It's. I actually got this meme sent to my phone from one of my friends and it's like, oh, my friend, oh, like, let's watch a movie. And I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Like, oh, let's do it. And then there's like Rihanna just sitting on the couch, like knocked out, open, knocked me. out. Literally seven of my friends sent me that. That's hilarious. That's literally me. Like, I can't. That oh. doesn't, there's, there hasn't been a meme on the internet that describes me that. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's so <laughs> me. Um, so when I do find a show that I love, um, that brings me joy. And it's because, like, I can't watch the news. I can't go on my Instagram. I hate so the news. It's just been like, ugh, I need an escape. So it's this show called Sex Ed. Um, cool. It's a British show. It is, I think the humor is hilarious. It's very lighthearted. And it's about um, this boy. He's super innocent, virgin, doesn't know anything about girls. His mom is a sex therapist. So it has a really cool, like, therapy kind of, like, psychology perspective. Yeah. And he knows all this stuff about sex and sex ed and stuff but he's like so bad when it comes to like relationships but it teaches you about things that we needed to learn about 
sex and sexuality and talks about, um, I even think they approach the idea of sexual assault in such a better way than what's been out in terms of like 13, Re- 13 Reasons Why and You. Like, I can't watch those. Yeah. But this show does it so much better. Wow. Lighthearted, beautiful, talks about pansexuality, talks about wow. um, just everything like rape culture, but in a very lighthearted, realistic way. Um, and I think it's just, it's a really dope show. I think everyone should watch it. I'm into it. You'll benefit from it. You'll get answers that you didn't even know you had questions of. Um, and I think the last one was the read podcast. They bring me so much joy. The read. The read. Nice. What, like, listen to them. They are write that down in my notes. So (laughs) funny. I laugh out loud all the time when I listen to them and they just talk about like pop culture life, but in a like just lighthearted, funny way. And it's just hilarious. Like, it's just a funny, lighthearted show. And it always brings me joy. And they do have a segment about mental health. It's called Crystal's uh, Crystal's Corner or Crystal's Couch, I think. Wow. And they'll talk about mental health too. So they incorporate that. Um, they always have a Black Business of the Week. Um, like, love them, love them, love them. Amazing. So yeah, that's kind of been... What's Love been keeping that. me afloat. I took some gems <laughs> yeah. from you quick. I'll add them in the description. Um, before we go, um, want to say your handles and your website Ooh. one more time. Uh, my handles. Uh, so Instagram is going to be at Tatiana with two N's. Mm-hmm. T-A-T-I-A-N-N-A, mm-hmm. Newland. And um, I have Twitter, same handle. Instagram, same handle. My website, same. TatianaNewland.com. I kept it like the consistent across That's the board. So I actually, like I redid my Snapchat in order to make it consistent with That's just good. Tatiana Newland. That's so so my Snapchat is the same. Anything you want to like find me on or connect with just me on, Google it and come just up. Tatiana Newland across the board. That's, really That's where I am. That's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. And do you have any events or anything coming up? Any Sacred chances? Circle is coming up. I haven't okay. finalized a date, but okay. Sacred Circle, I'm very excited for this next I'm event excited. because me and my sister are actually <gasps> going hard to design a unisex Sacred Circle. So uh-huh. I'm I very, very excited very to include excited. the men. I might know some guys that might need to. Yeah. Come so through. this is an ex- a super excited one for me, but also going to be far more work because with the women, it does have a different vibe where it's a little mm-hmm. bit more intimate, but th- with the men incorporating them, it's going to be a, a little bit more entertainment, a little bit more. You're, we're going to approach it differently for the men to keep their attention engaged. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for coming. I for appreciate sure. it. Um, awesome. We'll do Thank another for one. having me. I feel like you have so much to share. Um, <laughs> we'll do another one for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Um, you know where to find us at call me crazy pod on Instagram. If you have any questions, you can DM me at be for real or at cre- uh, call me crazy pod. The email call me crazy pod at gmail.com. I don't know if people use email anymore unless you're talking <laughs> to your boss, but yeah, <laughs> unless you're talking <laughs> to your boss. Ain't that the um, truth? But yeah, I hope this week's a little bit better. Um, hopefully February is a little lighter. No, it will be. I'm, it will. I'm claiming, I feel, I'm affirming Yeah, that. I feel it too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And stay up and really just indulge in those small joys. We'll see you guys next time. Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye.